Praise the Lord, somebody. It's good to be in God's house this morning. It's good to be with you all. Um, as we are in this Pastor Appreciation Month, um, let me start by showing appreciation to my spiritual fathers, um, the shepherd of this house, along with those who labor with him. So I appreciate and love Pastor Clairvaux, along with Pastor LaRose and Pastor um, Alexandre. And to my brother David, the, 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 the bishop, the archbishop of South Florida, um, you know how much I love you. And to all you, my brothers and sisters, it's good to be in God's house this morning. Amen. Um, with all that being said, I didn't come here to make um, public remarks. So with that being said, if you have your Bible with you or copy of God's word or your device, turn to the, God, um, the Old Testament book of Jeremiah, the prophecy of Jeremiah. The prophecy of Jeremiah. Um, we're going to begin in chapter 1. Um, we're going to read verses 4 and 5, and I'll skip down to um, verse 8. Um, if, you, if you have it, say amen. And those of you following online, feel free to type amen in the chat. I, I can see it. I have it right there on my phone. So holla at your boy. Let, let, let me know if the word of God is blessing you. Amen. Um, hear now the word of God as you keep maintaining a spirit of reverence to hear what, the, what God has to tell us this morning. Now the word of God came to me saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Go down to verse 8 with me. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. Would you bow in prayer with me? Father, your word is true. And your word is true and amen. Father, this morning as we come to the pinnacle of this worship experience, may you speak to our hearts. Father, use your servant so that you will speak through him, for we are listening. Lord, I have prepared, but I need your help. I have studied, but I need your strength. So, Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me. Mold me and shape me so that the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart, will be acceptable into your sight. Oh, Lord, my rock, my Savior, and my Redeemer. Amen. Come on, y'all got to holler back at me. Amen. Amen. Let me hear you. Amen. This morning I want to preach from the subject, a promise for a purposeful life. A promise for a purposeful life. There's a British scholar who quote this. It says, a man apt to promise is to forget. It is to forget. In other words, it says, a man who's quick to make promise is one who is quick to forget. Booker T. Washington, in his book, Up From Slavery, he gave this story of an ex-slave from Virginia. Um, he told the story of this ex-slave. He said this, I, and I quote, I found that this man had a contract with his master two or three years prior to the Emancipation Proclamation to the effect that the slave was to be permitted to buy himself, to buy himself by paying so much per year for his own body. And while he was paying for himself, he was to be permitted to go seek for work 
wherever he pleased, that, that pleases him. Finding that he could secure better wages, in other words, increase of the minimum wage in Ohio, he went there. When freedom came, he was still in debt to his master. Some $300. And back in those times, that's a whole lot of money. Notwithstanding that the Emancipation Proclamation freed him from any obligation to his master, this black man, yes, this chocolate man, walked the greater portion of the distance back to where his old master lived in Virginia and placed the last dollar with interest in the hands of his master. I, I, th I don't think you're feeling me, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm getting excited. This man had no obligation because he was freed by the government. But because he made a promise to his master, he went back and paid the man every dime with interest. Oh, if you think I'm talking about that man, you, you're missing the point already. There is one, and I'm, I, before, I'm going to talk about Jesus, even before I get to the sermon. There is one who made us a promise. He says, I'm coming back for you. He says, if you trust me, you will never die, but you will live forever. If a black man who was in slavery can make a promise and keep it, how much more our God? The God who holds the universe in his hands. The God who speaks and things happen. The God who says, stop and know that I am God. How much more can this God keep his promise? You don't believe me, but let me tell you, let me give you Bible to, be, to back it up. In Numbers 23, 19, God says this, I'm not like y'all. I am a man that I should lie. No, you mean that I should change my mind. Do I not keep my promise? That's what it says. In Numbers 23, 19, God says this, if I make a promise, I will fulfill it. Now, in the book of Jeremiah, can I teach the Bible real quick? In the book of Jeremiah, to get the context of our book, Jeremiah my son's middle name, DJ's middle name, is known as the reluctant prophet, aka the weeping prophet. Right? But the theme of the book is repent and return to the Lord, or God will judge you. Now, one of the key verses of the Bible, uh, of the book, is Jeremiah 3.22. God says, return faithless people, I will cure you of your backsliding. So you can see in the context upon which Jeremiah was called to be in ministry. But the people says, yes, we will come to you for you are the Lord our God. Jeremiah was about 20 years old when God called him in the 13th year of Josiah's reign. Now, Jeremiah did not want the call. Why? For, for, you, for, for those of you, in, in verse 1, it talks about Jeremiah's dad. Jeremiah's dad was a priest. Can I teach the Bible real quick? Jeremiah's daddy was a priest. His granddaddy was a priest. Therefore, Jeremiah was about to become a priest himself. But God says, nope, I don't want you to be a priest. I'm calling you to be a prophet. Now, you say, what's the difference? I'm glad you asked. There's a difference between a priest and a prophet. A priest had a very strict schedule, strict um, things as far as they do. They do things in the temple. But the prophet, whoo, the prophet was to be God's spokesperson. 
While the priest was, you saw the priest, if you had leprosy, you wanted to be clean, and you saw the priest for the ritual of the temple. But the prophet had to stand and speak God's message. Now, that may not mean much to you, but Jeremiah is living in a time where the people don't care. The people don't care about God. The people want to do themselves. They want to do them. They want to do what they feel. They want to do what they want to do. So Jeremiah is called to be a prophet. Jeremiah did not want it. Jeremiah was reluctant. Jeremiah said, I don't want to be a prophet. I don't, I don't want to do it. He says, I'm nothing but a child. God says, no, you're a grown man. Come on, let's speak up. And then can, can I, parenthetically, can I say something to you? It doesn't matter your age. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, especially in the times and the days that we live, you are to be able to stand and speak the truth no matter where you are. Because we are all God's representative on this earth. Now, let, let me continue. Now, now, for you to continue to get this context now, the times when Jeremiah was called to be a prophet was very difficult. Jeremiah was about to have a ministry of four decades, four plus decades, where it says no fruit. To preach for four, as a matter of fact, Jeremiah was kicked out of the pulpit. And people, Jeremiah was preaching in the parking lot. People said, no, get him out. People don't want to hear what he has to say. Could you imagine? They take Pastor Hector from this pulpit and he's in the, he's in the parking lot. People still want to say, get him out. That's how far the people were from God. Now, here, here, here's the thing. You, you have to consider what the history was doing Judah and Judah during that time, during Jeremiah's time. Socially, the people prefer rebellion instead of obedience. Spiritually, they prefer reformation instead of repentance. By the way, parenthesis, today is Reformation Sunday, right? So if you don't know what that means, David will teach you that in, Sunday, in Bible study, right? So they prefer reformation over repentance. Here's the thing. Even though Josiah led the nation in a reformation, but it was not in a heart-changing revival. Idols were removed, temple was repaired, and worship was restored but the people had not turned to the Lord with their whole heart and soul. And if there's something we need nowadays is for God's people to turn to God with their whole heart, with their whole soul. And, and, and now politically, people prefer, prefer politics instead of principle. In other words, just like you see we are currently in a div div divisive mind state, people prefer their politics but their principle. So, so then, so then, in that time, Jeremiah says, I don't really want to do it. I don't want to preach. I don't want to stand and tell the truth and nothing but the truth, so help me God. I don't want to do it. Now, mind you now, God is asking Jeremiah to preach during a time that's demanding. Sounds familiar? God is asking you and I to stand up during a time that's demanding. But guess what? And this is where the promise comes from. God says, I am with you always. I will deliver you. So now, can I teach you four things in the text and then I take my seat? Four, th four things real quick. Just because you have challenging tasks or facing difficulty does not mean God has forgotten about you or he fails to keep his promise. So there's four things for you to remember. Number one, know that you are not an afterthought. It's in the text. It's in the text. 
It says, before you were in your mother's womb, I knew you. Do you guys realize how deep this is? Do you guys realize how profound that is? Even before your mommy and your daddy got together, and wherever they got together, God says, you were already on my mind. Woo. Here it is. God says, I knew you. Before, in, in other words, you're talking about like, people talking about like a, a, a poor life. <laughs> Here's a poor life for you right there. Before your parents got married and got together, God says, you were already on my mind because I knew everything about you. So it don't matter if somebody says, if somebody says I'm less than, so what? But I already know God, I, I know who I am. I know who God says I am because God says, before all this come together, I was already in his mind. God knew I was a chocolate man good looking. God knew, God knew this, I'm a sharp dressed man. It don't matter what they say, God knew I am his son. And same can be said about you. You were not an afterthought. Even before this, even before this, God, God says this, God says to Jeremiah, I formed you and gave you the genetic structure that I wanted you to possess. In other words, if your skin is a little darker, praise God, that's how God wanted it. If your skin is a little lighter, praise God, that's how he wanted it. So that's why I don't understand why people don't like somebody because of how they look. It makes no sense to me. It makes no sense to me. I mean, I love being chocolate. I, I, lo I love it. I love it. I mean, I, I, lo I love it. I don't need no tan. I don't need no, no orange spray. I don't need none of that stuff. I, I love being who I am. God, God made me just like that. God made somebody else just the way they are. I love it. Because God says this. Before you were conceived, you were on my mind. Now, the world is out to make you think you're an afterthought. Because of where you're from, because of your zip code, because of your degree, because of what, of what you don't possess, and they're telling you, you are less than. No, God says you are not an afterthought. Now, check this out. If you, you guys read this scripture uh, um, and, and the call to worship, you, you, do, you know, it's so funny because you, you, guys, you guys even know Psalm 139. Psalm 139 illustrates exactly what's being said right there. Look what God says in verse 13 to 16. It says this, for you formed me, this is what David says, for you, form, for you formed my inward parts. In other words, even your kidneys, God, God made them. You don't understand, like, every single one of your chromosomes, God made them. It says, it says this, you knit me together in my mother's womb. I mean, I have, eight, I have an eight-month-old son, and I remember the, this one, I missed no appointments. I miss, I, I was there for every single one of the appointments. Praise God. My wife is watching. I know. She, she, she knows I'm telling the truth. I was there for every single appointment. And I remember from the, from, from the first ultrasound to the first little, poof, 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 right? So God is saying, mm -mm, I put all that together. Well, you missed it. God is saying, I put all that together. And better yet, even before the thought of that came about, I formed it. So it says this, I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. You are God's work. It says this, 
It says this, my soul knows it very well. It's important that you know whose you are because you know who formed you. You know who put you together in your mother's womb. It says this, my frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret. In other words, when your parents were in their love bed, God says, I was there. And even before, I knew you were, com- you were, you were coming. So there's no such thing as an accident baby, as an accident human being. You are not an accident. You are not less than. You are who God wants you to be, who God created you to be. It says this in verse 16. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written, every one of them, the days that were formed for me. When as yet there was none of them. Verse 17 says this. How precious to me are your thoughts. Oh God, how, how, how vast is the sum of them. Even though Jeremiah wasn't too happy. But God is telling you, hey, listen, I put you together. I called you. You want an afterthought. This is, this is me knowing what I want for you. So now, not only this, watch this. So Jeremiah is not an afterthought. But secondly, he's been set apart. So you have been set apart. Watch what it says. It says, I consecrated you before. Consecrated, consecration means set apart. Okay, can, can I teach you here real quick? I don't understand how people are doing ministry or getting involved in ministry without consecration. In other words, you can't be however you want to be Monday through Saturday and Sunday morning. It don't make sense. Bad English, but it don't make sense. You ought to live a life of consecration, a life that's set apart for God. God sanctified Jeremiah even before he was born. This means this, God set Jeremiah apart by himself, for himself. When you are set apart, you set apart for God and by God. You do not, as much as I know you love your pastor, as much as I know you love your leaders, but you are not setting apart for them. It is God who set you apart and, and you are set apart for God. In other words, when you are sanctified, it is God who sanctify you through the blood of Jesus Christ, and you've been sanctified for him so you can be in a relationship with him. Woo! Man, man, man. Y'all gonna make me work hard this morning. God sets you apart. God knows you, you, you flawed. God knows you and I are flawed. But God says, there is a fountain that's filled with Emmanuel's blood and sinners that plunge in this in this in this in this base, they will be cleansed. So 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 now, if you let Emmanuel's blood washes you, then you become sanctified for God. And so therefore, if God sanctifies you, it's not for you, it's not for me, it's for himself. So that's what it says. It says, I set you apart. And there's a reason why. There's a reason why I set him apart. Because not only on the first instance you see that you are not an afterthought. Secondly, you see that you are, you are set apart. 
But thirdly, you were created for a purpose. You were created for a purpose. Now, I, I, I have this, 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 um, this beef, if you will, with the word purpose, especially nowadays. People misunderstand what purpose is. All right? Jeremiah was called to be the prophet to the nation. That was not his purpose. But in doing what he was gifted to do, God's purpose was fulfilled. You and I, as Christians, we have one purpose. To worship and glorify God. It doesn't change. In other words, 1 Corinthians 10.31 says this, whether you eat, whether you drink, whatever you do, you do it for the glory of God. In other words, I'm walking, my thought process, my steps, they are all in line to glorify God. Whether I'm posting on social media, whether I'm talking to somebody on the phone, I'm talking to boo, babe, baby, whatever it is, whatever I'm doing, it still requires that. And everything that I do, God is being glorified. But now, here it is, here it is. Every single one of us have different tasks upon which God's glory is revealed. Some of you, you're a principal. Some of you, you're an accountant. Some of you, you're a preacher. Some of you, you are an insurance man. Some of you, whatever it is, you're a teacher, whatever, nurse, doctor, lawyer, politicians, whatever. That is the vehicle through which God uses to bring about his glory. In other words, when they see you, they don't identify you with what you do, but they say, man, he's in politics? But yet God's name is being glorified. Hmm. Could you imagine in the 21st century and this yet to be United States of America, if we had Christian politicians, if we had people that were about God's glory, could you imagine what would have been in the city level, in the state level, in the community level, if we had people that's about God's glory? In other words, I'm feeding the poor, but so God's name can be glorified. I am clothing the naked, so God's name can be glorified. Whatever it is that I'm doing, I'm giving you the, 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 the IV because I'm a nurse. God's name will be glorified. I am teaching your students, even on Zoom, God's name will be glorified. That's the process. That, that's what it is to be. Purpose is to glorify God. Now, God used different process for every single one of us. Jeremiah's one was, to, to be a nation is a prophet. To be a prophet to the nations. You're, you and I may be different. And that's fine. But nevertheless, God's name is glorified. Remember, when it comes to being a prophet, can I teach some more here? There's a difference between what they call foretelling and foretelling. Okay? Can, let, let's just say this. Foretelling. Foretelling. Alright? So as much as foretelling is futuristic, foretelling is right now. So when, when, I'm, I'm, I'm already, I'm going to go there anyways. When you hear some people are saying they are prophet, if they are not using the word of God to say what it says right now, how it applies to, they are implying that they are foretelling. And no other foretelling prophet but Jesus Christ. He was the last one. So anybody who got a revelation that's coming, that, that's not in line with the Bible, they are foretelling. They're no different than Miss Cleo. Y'all too young to know Miss Cleo, but they are no different than Miss Cleo. But the man of God is to be able to get the word of God 
and tell the people what this word implies in their lives right now. So Jeremiah had a ministry that was not so much so about foretelling, but most about foretelling. And Jeremiah had to stand in front of a bunch of people who don't like him because they don't like his God, but to tell them no matter what, he will not compromise, but he still tell them the truth. How much we need Jeremiah today? How much we need Jeremiah today? When it don't matter if you don't make alliance with them, it don't matter if you don't get the vote, if you don't get the, the grit, if you don't get the promotion, if you don't get the, 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 the car, if you don't get the husband, if you don't get the wife, if you don't get the house, but you said, you know what, I will not compromise, I'm standing on the word of God, I'm standing on the truth, and I will tell you the truth no matter what. How much we need more Jeremiah today? We sure do. We sure do. Understand this, as God's children, we are chosen. We are set apart for him. Check Romans 8, 28 through 30. And Ephesians 1. But this ought to give us a great courage as we confront evil and seek to serve God. In other words, Romans 8, 31 says this. If God is for us, who can be against us? Oh, I feel like preaching right about now. Jeremiah, like, like Jesus too, was called to be a prophet. He traveled from place to place, challenged people, challenged the people to change, to change so that their future in heaven will be guaranteed. Jesus spoke to the hearts of the people. Most did not accept the message of repentance, for they did not want to change. Sounds, sounds familiar? The same thing that happens back then is still happening today. So now you said all this, Pastor, you got excited and all that stuff. So, but if I'm not an afterthought, if I've been set apart, if there's a purpose in my life. So the question is, does God really know me right now? Does God care in what's happening for me right now? I mean, after all, look at the situation we live in. COVID-19. People that we may know die. People graduated college and high school on Zoom. My daughter graduated kindergarten on Zoom. Started first grade on Zoom. I mean, does God really care? I mean, he said, well, I mean, well, it's fun and dandy. You said, well, I'm not an afterthought. You know, I've been set apart. I got a purpose. But really, as I'm looking at my situation right now, does God care? I'm glad that you ask. I'm glad that you ask. But see, the thing you have to think about is this. There is a lot of noise that takes place. But God has specifically uh, um, spoken and he continued to speak today. If I may borrow words of somebody, when you hear those notes, you have to say, I'm still speaking because God is still talking. Okay? When all these noise come, when they say you are not good enough. I mean, I cannot imagine being a single, being single in this um, COVID situation. You can date. You can go out with, I mean, you, you can't, I, I can't imagine this. So, but God cares still about you, even in the, even in, in the dire condition. But God is talking and you have to listen. You have to open your Bible. Open your Bible. God says, you need to open your Bible and quiet the noise by saying, God is speaking. And this is what he, this is what he says. This is what he's saying about you. Even before your mommy and daddy got together, I, I, I was there. I knew you. I knew everything about you because I formed you. Once, once again, quiet the noise by reminding them that God is still speaking. And this is what he's saying. I form you and put you together so I know everything about you and I set you apart. 
In other words, God says, I put my super into your natural. God said, I'm still speaking. He says this, you have a purpose in me. I set you up with skills, talents, and gifts. So then when you apply them in my name, when you apply them, my name will be glorified. He's still not done speaking yet. And he says this, you must remind yourself that God is still talking. Not only are you telling people, but tell yourself that God is still talking. And he says this, I'm, you always on my mind. Oh, you always on my mind. You, you know, anybody who, 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 who's dating, anybody who's married, you, you know, I, I, right now I'm in Florida. My wife is, is back in Pennsylvania. You know, she's on my mind. I can't wait to get home tonight. She's always on my mind. But here's the, here's the thing. As much as my wife and my children are on my mind, they, they cannot be on my mind more than, more than on God's mind. As much as I'm thinking about my wife and my kids. But God says, nah, that's not compared to them. Com- compared to what, how, how I do it. Because God, God says this, you are always on my mind. Even when your friends may not, you may not be on your friend's mind. Even when your employers may not be thinking about you. Even when your relatives may, may not be thinking about you. Even when, even when the elected officials you voted for may not have you in mind. But God says, you are always on my mind. Because you know why? He knows your name. He is your maker. He formed your heart even before time begun. He, he, he is a powerful truth that you should never forget. Your life is, has always been, and will always be in God's hands. He knows you by name since you are always in his mind. And he will and he can change your circumstance for his glory. He knows your every thought. He sees every single tears that falls in your eyes. Some of you were watching or even in here. You know you are, you are at night. You are thinking, oh my gosh, when they lift this up, am I going to have a place to stay? Where my folks going to stay? What is going to happen? God is saying, listen, I know. God is saying, I know. I am with you. I know what you are facing. I know what you are feeling. Now, why does this matter? All of this matters because, last one, because God will keep his promise. God will keep his promise. Because, understand this, God says in verse 8, I will, look, 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 let, let, me, let me read it for you, let me read it for you. It, it says in, in verse 8, do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you. I am with you to deliver you. God will keep his promise. I mean, we live in, we live in a world where people's words mean nothing. People's words mean nothing. I mean, somebody can say something right now on, on Instagram, on Facebook, it changes and on TikTok, it changes. I mean, things can change like by the second. But here's one will never change. God. And you know what it says? It says, I am with you. I'm here to deliver you. Do not be afraid. God gave young Jeremiah three instructions. God says, in verse 6 to 8, God says, go where I send you, speak what I commend you, and don't be afraid of people. It's the same thing. If there's an application to the message, David is right there. Because God puts you all together for a purpose, so he's then going to be glorified, and give you specific skills, and God says, go where I send you to go. In other words, if you're a teacher, go be that teacher. Teach. Teach. 
If, 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 so, so go where I send you to go. Do what I command you to do. And don't be afraid of people. I mean, I, I think, I think Christian, Christian in this country gets a, gets a little, uh, um, like boldness. I think we, 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 we are lacking boldness because we are more so into the business of compromise because we are afraid. We need to be bold like the Christians of the first century. We need, we need to be bold like the Christians in the Middle East. Or like Christians in Asia. When I was in seminary, I had some brothers with me uh, um, that, that was in seminary with me, and they were from China. When we graduated, we give each other a hug, seeing that our next time we see each other will be in heaven. Could you imagine coming to study in America, in seminary, knowing that you're going to go back home to ministry that you may not make it. While the plan for me could be, well, I'm going to live to retire, to see my grandchildren, they don't even think like that. So just think of this. God, but God, what, what, what does God say? No matter what, I am forever with you. It says this, that's the, that's the word of, that's a great word of promise right there. I am with you to deliver you. You know what the, the word deliver? To deliver means that to snatch you away from danger. To snatch you away from danger. If God is for us, who could be against us? Now, my daughter, my princess, she doesn't like to get no from me when daddy says no. Anybody who have daughters know exactly what I'm talking about. She always trying to corner me to say, you promise. In other words, she said, Daddy, can I have this? I said, no. Later, you promise? Daddy, can I have this? I'm like, no. Later, you promise? And you promise is more so like a question. You promise? You, 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 you all know what I'm talking about. You, you, you promise? He, 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 here's the good news. With God, you don't have to trick God into your promise. You, you don't have to kind of beg God into a promise. I mean, if you open the Bible, I, I'm not sure if people open the Bible nowadays, but if you open the Bible and the 66 books, there's plenty of promise. Plenty of promise. Can I share some of them with you? God says this. His presence is his very promise. In Hebrews um, 13.5, God's protection. In um, Genesis 15, and in the Psalms, it says, I will be your protection. And God says, I will be your strength. In Isaiah 41.10. In Isaiah 41.10, God says, I will provide. I will, I will be your provision. And God says, not only this, in John 10.4, he says, I'm going to lead you. Woo! How much we need for God to lead us today? To send on his promise. Not, not caring who gets elected, who don't get elected. Yes, you vote, vote. But here's the thing. The one who's going to protect you, the one whose presence you need, the one whose provision you need, the one who's going to lead you, it ain't no Republican, no Democrat. I don't get it why people lose their sleep over nonsense. Because the one who's going to protect you, the one who's going to lead you, that's God Almighty. God says, Jeremiah 29:11, he knows the thoughts he has for you. Thoughts of peace, not of evil. God says, I know my purpose for you. God says, hey, you are tired? I know how to give rest. In Matthew 11, 28, come to me, all weary and heavy laden. And I said, I will give you rest. 
And here, here's the thing. If you think you got, who, those of you are watching online, which came, which camera, which camera am I on? This one? Is it this one? Yeah. Watch this. Listen to me carefully. All right. Those of you watching online, there is no amount of sin that you can have. God does not make provision to cleanse you. If you don't trust me, if you don't believe me, 1 John 1 verse 9. God says, I'm ready to cleanse you. And right now you are watching. And I know you may have some sins. You may have, you may have fallen down. You, you may think that the devil is making noise and telling you, God's done with you. God's done with you. Can I tell you, we claim God's promise. God says this, if you confess your sin, if you confess your sin, in other words, acknowledge this, you messed up. Face up. When you messed up, you face up. And God says this, if you confess your sin, he is faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. All you got to do, wherever you are right now, get on your knees and say, God, I can't take it anymore. I want to give it all to you. And God says, I'm ready to cleanse you. Why is he ready to cleanse you? Why is that promise? Because you're not an afterthought. You are not an afterthought. Why? Because God says this, I set you apart. And it's the blood that sets you apart. And God says, there's a purpose. And God says, I cannot lie. I'm not going to change my promise. You need guidance? God says, in some, uh, some 25 verse 9, God says, I will guide you. I will guide you. And, and you, you, you need plan. You need wise plans. And then what you do? Women's 828, all things work together for the good of those who love God. God has given you a life for a purposeful, to be purposeful. That's a promise that God's made. God is, God is talking to you and I this morning and says, I put you together myself. Even before you thought about, think about the year you were born, even before that year came together, from the foundation, from the beginning of time, you were always in my mind. If there's a truth you and I are going to need for the next few months, next few years, whatever, the, whatever may come, you need to remember this. You are always on God's mind. God is a promise keeper. God keeps his promise. You're not an afterthought. You've been set apart. You are created for a purpose. And just know this. You can bank, bank everything you have on this. God will keep his promise. He says to Jeremiah, I will be with you and I will deliver you. But there can be no promise without Jesus. You cannot fulfill God's promise without Jesus. So those of you watching me on the line, if you don't know Jesus, you can send a message, type something, somebody will get back to you, I promise you. It says, I want to give my life to Christ. I want to live on God's promise. There's a good old gospel song that says, standing, standing on the promises of God, my Savior. I'm standing. Some of you, where you are standing, it's sinking sin. But you need to stand on God's promise. And all you need to do is to give your life to Christ and say, Jesus, I want to give you my life. I acknowledge that I'm a sinner. I need forgiveness. And only the sacrifice of Jesus on Calvary can bring about forgiveness. And because of this forgiveness, I know I'm not an afterthought. I know that I'm set apart. 
I know that I have a purpose and I know God's promise will never fail. Because that's the only way you can live a purposeful life. Would you bow your head and join me in prayer? Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for challenging us and speaking to our hearts this morning. Know that we are not an afterthought. Know that we are set apart. Know that we have a purpose. And know that, Lord, you would never forgive us. You would never leave us. Your promises are always true. Bless our hearts. For those who may have made a decision this morning, Lord, we praise you, we praise your name for them. Father, enable them, whether it be this church or some church, to find a good Bible-believing and teaching church so they can continue to learn on your promises. Lord, thank you for meeting us this morning. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.